I was sexually abused. I was raped. I started using drugs at the age of 15. I was molested as a child. I was an alcoholic. I tried meth for the first time at 12. I was a compulsive alcoholic. Um, I lost my kidney smoking crack. Hi everyone, welcome to Her Addiction Podcast. This is Pastor Rachel Young. I am the director of Mary Song, which is a Christian rehabilitation or restoration center, rather, for women who have life-controlling issues. I personally went through Mary Song almost 11 years ago, and um, after struggling with major mental illness and drug addiction for 25 years, and I came in a in a state of desperation from jail, had no idea that God was going to totally transform my life. I was radically born again, and I never looked back. And I've been running after the Lord ever since. I became an intern in the program, later became staff, and then I was the assistant director, and now I'm the director. Every step was one miracle after another. So it's my just pleasure to um, share a little bit of, of what the Lord blessed me just of being um, able to know him and be known by him and what that looks like in life. Coming out of the situation that I came in, came out of, I was pretty hopeless and I never thought that I would ever have a good life or ever be happy. And I'm thankful that I was completely and totally wrong. <laughs> So um, I'm actually, it's a Friday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, and um, the church is closed and I just, you know, I have the pleasure of having keys and being able to come in here and it's just super humbling and I'm super thankful to have been called to be a part of such an amazing church and a body of believers. It's really where my healing came from. Obviously, I had to be born again before I could even walk in any of that healing and freedom. And by God's mercy and grace, he called my name, gave me the grace to see him and say yes, and to sell out and just have this insatiable desire to know him more and to love him more because of his great mercy extended to me. Um, ooh, getting emotional. <laughs> um it's really just been one beautiful experience after another. Obviously, there's been difficulties and challenges. But um, through it all, it's like seeing another side of his beauty and um, his tender compassion and mercy towards me and a love that is unfathomable and unexplainable, yet just so real, more real than anything I've ever experienced in my life. So um, I have the pleasure of being under two amazing pastors, Pastor Frank and Paris Bailey, who started this church 40-something years ago. They were actually saved in 1973, the same year that I was born. And they have really contended um, for the gospel. Uh, and they, they, I love our church because it is pretty radical considering the condition of the world, but it's full of love and um power you know that's what the gospel is it's radical it's kind of demanding it's uh, impossible but with the supernatural strength and power and ability of the holy spirit it, it 
it opens up a whole new way of life and living. And I'm honored to be a part of that. Anyways, so last night, my pastor, Pastor Paris, who started Mary's Song, she um, preached on um, repentance, which you don't hear much of that these days. But there's so much in uh, repentance and so much in that act of just humbling ourselves before God, recognizing our sinfulness and just confessing that before the Lord and one another and releasing it to him and receiving his healing and refreshing in that place. It's how we do life for the rest of our life. I may not be, you know, I don't struggle with the same type of sin that I struggled with when I was uh, first born, before I was saved and then um, after I was born again. But, you know, we are just of a sin nature and so we have struggles. And, you know, our a lot of times it's just our 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 pride, our prideful flesh is wanting to be in a place of authority and running the show and really we just we mess stuff all up. So um we make mistakes and there's nothing like just humbling ourselves and really just seeking that forgiveness first with God and um and then with one another and just receiving that healing. So I'm gonna read um a scripture a passage of scriptures, actually Acts chapter three. And it's Peter and John went to the temple and they um, saw a man that had been crippled since birth. And he has, was was carried to the entrance and he was there every day and he begged for money. And Peter and John passed by him one day and they saw him and they basically told him, um, silver and gold have I not, but what I do have um, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And Peter held out his hand and the, pulled the crippled man to his feet. And he, his, his feet and his ankles strengthened. And he began to leap and jump and praise God. And all the people saw it and um, realized that this guy had been crippled for his whole life. And they were just astonished. And... Um, so Peter said, people of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. The God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has done this. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when you decided to release him, and you insisted that he be crucified. So these were literally the same group of people that just crucified Christ. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murder to, murderer to be released. You killed the prince of life. I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's a pretty big deal, right? But God raised him from the dead and we stand here as witnesses to the fact. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made this crippled man walk right in front of you. My fellow Jews, I realize that neither you nor your leaders realize the grave mistake you made. But in spite of what you've done, God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets long ago about the sufferings of his anointed one. And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed, so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And he will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the appointed one. For he must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place, fulfilling everything that God said long ago through his holy prophets. 
So these people literally just part had partaken in the crucifixion of Jesus, the Son of God. And Peter was saying, in spite of what you've done, this was what God foretold about. And now, if you repent and turn from your sins, you will be forgiven in the name of Jesus. So that, and then times of refreshing will stream from the Father. That's pretty intense, right? Like Because a lot of times we think that, oh, what we've done is impossible. to, to re- We can't receive forgiven. We're, like, I'm super hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist, and I, and I don't allow much grace for myself. Except for the grace and mercy of the Lord, I would destroy myself. That's what I did my whole life. Because I would, I um, continued the abuse I suffered as a child upon myself. Like, I became my own worst enemy. And so... I don't have a lot of grace for myself. Thank God that Jesus is so merciful because he has grace for me not to stay in my sin and continue to live that lifestyle, which is detrimental and destructive and bad for me. But he has grace for me to be um, convicted and, and, and healed and restored and refreshed. And that's that process that we go through as Christians for the rest of our life when we make mistakes. We are, have the honor of being able to approach the throne of grace with boldness for help in time of need. We can humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. And those who are humbled will be exalted. We come before him in our, in our failings. And we just, with a contrite heart, and we repent. And God releases healing over us and refreshing. And um, we become bold because we become confident in the Lord and we realize it's not about us being perfect, yet we strive to be more like Jesus. It's just super awesome. I'm so thankful that um, I've been, I was exposed to this environment and to the truth of the gospel and to the Holy Spirit. Where I was able to be so deeply transformed from who I used to be and how I saw life to how I am now. And to have just that loving embrace of God's mercy in my life. So that I can overcome my failings and not live in condemnation land. Because condemnation causes us to fall back. But repentance brings refreshing and boldness. So it's the, you know, it's um, it's a beautiful thing. So in verse 19, that says, um, or Peter says, you must repent and turn back. Um, the Greek word is epistrepho, which means turn back to God and be converted. We need not only repent, but return home to God's grace and truth, which is what I was saying. We um, we repent and then we come to the Lord and we allow him to minister to us and um, refresh us and revive us. This is a Hebraic thought of returning to the Lord. Every Jew would know what that means. Come back to God. Repentance and return is more than a passive changing of one's mind. There's an action in it. So we turn um, so the first call of the kingdom is repentance. Obviously, we have to recognize our need for a Savior, repent of our sins. Jesus forgives us and heals us. And then the implications of that are threefold. I love this. So we renounce our old ways. We turn from our old ways. It's a whole reversal of our path. We no longer walk that path. And then we become submitted and teachable because we've turned from our own ways. We've humbled ourselves before God. We've given him ourselves 
to allow him to teach us. We become, we submit to him and we become teachable. And then there's a continued shapeability, which means we're conformed into the image of Jesus from glory to glory. We're constantly being transformed. You know, we don't, we don't, we're, we're thankful for what God's done, but we know that there's more. And to have the opportunity for Christ to be glorified in us and through us, it's like a, a, a passion because Jesus is so beautiful and so amazing. And you're so thankful to be known and loved by him. And you want to be like him because there's no one that's as beautiful and amazing as he is. And to have the opportunity to be used by God to touch someone else's life with his love. There's nothing like it. I get to experience that on a regular basis at Mary's song um, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because in and of myself, I would just be frustrated and aggravated and overwhelmed because it's such a, a big responsibility. And it's actually an impossible um, job to do. So I'm confronted with my inability to do it on a regular basis. And so I just yield myself to the Lord. And he create, He just puts imparts this love in my heart for these women and gives me um, words of wisdom and knowledge to like really understand what they're going through and speak, uh, prophesy his words into them. And it's like uh, you, those words unlock them. It unlocks them out of this... Uh, blindness and dysfunction that they're in it it's quite amazing because really what happened is it happened to me first I experienced all the things that they're experiencing so I have there's a familiarity in it and a confidence in that the Lord is absolutely able to break them free and and redeem them from all that so they may be feel hopeless and they may feel like it's too late for them and I'm like no ma'am it's too late to tell me that. I know that Jesus can do, he's a miracle working God because um, I experienced that in my own life. And so it's super amazing. It's that you submit to under his hand, you become teachable and then you're shaped into him. And, and in that submission, he moves you in, into other people's lives. It's amazing, 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 amazing. So obviously the first step is we have to be born again but there's no growth in the kingdom without obedience to his commands and a childlike responsiveness as a disciple of Jesus yielding to the teaching of God's word that's really real and amazing there's no lifelong increase of fruit as a citizen of the kingdom without a willingness to accept the Holy Spirit's correction and guidance we have to be sold out we have to be he has to be all of our, we have to be accessible to him in every way, shape, or form, whatever he wants to do. And he gives us the grace to just yield more and more and more and more as we mature in him. We just surrender to him um, because at the end of the day, nothing's more important. We have to have him. He's, he takes superiority over everything and he becomes the center of our world. And he gives us the grace to continue to choose him. Really, it's a, this love. You can't. You just get overwhelmed by such love. You know, it's just supernatural and it's, it changes everything. That's how I was free. I mean, I literally um, struggled with mental illness. I shot myself when I was 24 in 1998. And I was diagnosed with, ugh, I mean, a lot of stuff. Depression, suicide, bipolar disorder, dissociative disorder, borderline personality disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, yada, 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 right? On and on and on. Addictive disorder. Terrible. Um, really had all that stuff. Was in complete total bondage. 
um, tried doing sobriety for 10 months, 26 days, working the program, yada, yada, yada again. I was exhausted. I just got exhausted. I did good for that amount of time. You know, going to therapy, going to meetings, going to um, incest survival groups, um, counseling literally five days a week for two years straight. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, still left up to me to try to convince myself that I love myself or whatever. Whew. And even though I, it helped in a way that I understood why I turned out the way that I did because of my childhood. However, nevertheless, it didn't give me the ability to change really my DNA, who I was, how I saw life, how I saw myself. And there was literally no God in that. I was a total atheist at that time. Um, so I was just, just, it was terrible, absolutely terrible. I was so depressed and I just hated being alive and I was super frustrated that it had to be so difficult and I just wanted it to be over. Really. I was just tired. Over. Just be done with it and just float into nothingness and quiet. And, um, obviously I know that that was a complete lie that, that that's not how it goes. But, um, you know, whenever I was born again, I was birthed into a totally new uh, reality. It was just phenomenal. I kind of lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, Jesus is a miracle working God. And um, he really begins the work in us. And by his grace, he, he continues it. So, so to repent means to change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean. The times of refreshing or recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. Wow, that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That is um, that scripture, and it's just in another translation. So the word refreshing is the word Anapsixis. <laughs> Anapsixis in the Greek New Testament means a recovery of breath. That is figuratively revival. Properly to cool off, relieve, refresh, breathing space, restitution and restoration of all things. I love that breathing space. I feel like I held my breath my whole life before I saved. Literally, it was always on guard. Like if you were to punch me in my stomach, <laughs> it's terrible to say that, I was always like, tightened up you know like ready for the impact and I lived like that and I feel like I held my breath so much just dissociating you kind of do that when you dissociate you just hold your breath and you escape back to back into the inner recesses of your mind and just disconnect from your reality <clears throat> and then I just you know needed so much drugs to be able to function terrible 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 but to be able to be revived and refreshed and take a breath and like rest and have peace and be thankful and have joy and have purpose and something to live for and to be loved and forgiven and your sleep washed clean. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That's what he oh, oh, feels presence right now. He's so faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When you see him, you love him. And the more you see him, the more you love him. He's so merciful. Oh. So I said earlier, it's a cool off and revive. It's a cooling breeze, which occurs only in the New Testament, that word. 
repentance. It hints of the time when God walked with Adam in the cooling breeze of the day. The work of the cross brings the restoration of paradise within the hearts of Christ's followers. Wow. That's really true. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And all of this happens in the body. You're not going to get the depth of repentance and refreshing and revival and shapeability and submission on your own because you're you're disconnected from the from the vine, from the body, from the branches. You know that's why Jesus likened us to a sheep. He's our shepherd. As we live together, we face more challenges and opportunities to die to ourselves and have Christ be formed in us. We make mistakes. We learn how to forgive and, and extend forgiveness, and you just really get mature in that environment. When you try to live out on your own, and you're, you don't have anybody to be accountable for, you rule and reign, you sit on the throne, and all you get is you. That's like the most devastating thought to me ever. Like, to be subjected to my own self and my own will and to be in, 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 the, in authority in my own life is literally the, a death sentence for me. It is literally the worst thing that I could ever possibly imagine in my entire life. Because no one can hurt me more than I hurt myself. I never let anybody close enough to hurt me. I may have been hurt when I was little, okay? Yes, I was. But as I got older, you can rest assured that was nobody hurt me because I was stone cold at my heart. I was guarded. I literally was like a fortress. And so just super lonely and alone, you know, and just beat myself to smithereens, abusing myself and doing drugs and being insane and crazy, doing crazy stuff. Hatred, hatred for myself. And the Lord saved me from me. And I'll do anything to keep him on the throne of my life. Lord, help me to learn how to wash feet. It's like you just just got to die already. You die to yourself and you realize you're dying to your misery. It's fantastic. You learn that in, in the body. You learn that. I'm super thankful for my church. I'm just going to keep saying that over and over again. They stand up for righteousness. They believe in purity and holiness and not not drinking and not doing drugs and not having sex outside of marriage and looking like Christ. And it's not like you do it because you're better than everybody and you do it in your own strength. You subject yourself to the word of God and allow the Holy Ghost to make that real in your life. That's how it goes. Amazing. Amazing, 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 amazing. I will never go back. Ever, ever, ever. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace to that for that to be real in my life. And I get so grieved when I see people living on the edge and just being told that they can continue in that lifestyle and that it's okay. The reality is God loves you wherever you are. He doesn't want you to be a slave. You're a slave if you're living like that. You're a slave to the lust of your flesh. And at the end of the day, you all know if you're if you're that person that you're not happy. You're miserable. Because you don't have control, you are out of control, and you're a slave to the lusts of your flesh that are destructive, demoralizing, they're humiliating, and they don't satisfy ever. So to be surrendered, to, to come to a place of repentance and say, God, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm wretched. I am a sinner. Can you please, Jesus, save me? I need you to save me. I can't do this another moment. Please forgive me. Come and wash me clean, Lord. And I just give you my life. And I thank you that my old life is over. And that in you I have a new life. 
Teach me to walk with you, Lord. Reveal yourself to me in your word. Lead me into a, a body of believers where I can do, do life with other people that love you and have fellowship and accountability. Man, there's nothing like it. it I, I'm like, so many people don't know that that's what Christianity is all about, to be separated and sanctified and made to a vessel of honor. But you can really walk in a place of just gratification in Christ we don't need all that other stuff I'm so thankful for that that's the most beautiful thing she's ever gave me of that my life of being single for eight years before I got married where I was not I was totally consecrated to the Lord I was not um I was celibate I didn't I wasn't dating I didn't have any desire to date it was amazing I really I'm super thankful for that, that special time with the Lord of just really getting to know him and getting to know myself in him. And really, for the first time in my life, being able to be alone, but really not alone because I was with him, but not needing another human in, you know, in my intimate life to somehow bring worth to me that they could never bring me anyways. You know, anyways, so... I hope this word has encouraged you. I really feel like it's just a word in due season for someone listening right now. It's not too late for you. Jesus has more. And there's a supernatural life ahead of you if you just yield to his love and allow him to transform you to find out what, you know, he asks of you and not be discouraged to trust that he can do that work in you. But you got to contend. You got to contend for that. Like, I was like, Lord, there's no way that I can do this. But I know that you're God and that this word is true. I can't take page 1 through 20 and then rip out 21 through 24 and then take page 25 and 29. And, okay, I like that. No, then I'm going to rip out page 36. I was like, all in. I'm like, dude, this is impossible. But if you're God and you, and you are you say you are, come and do this work in me. And he literally did. He came alongside of me. And he um, pulled with me against what was pulling against me, corrected me, changed me, used people, all these different situations. Beautiful, beautiful Jesus. So, anyways, I love you, and Jesus loves you, and he has a good plan. Please read your Bible. Please come to church and, you know, get involved and really just sell out. Come out of the world, sell out, and watch what Jesus will do. You will never, ever believe it. It says exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever imagine or think. And I love this scripture. Behold, what manner of love is this, that he would call us children of God. And no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, the things that God has for those who love him. And we love him because he first loved us. So God bless you. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I am redeemed. I've been set free, and he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Now I have hope in the future. I'm a child of God. I'm loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more than a conqueror by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony.